0: On today's podcast, I'm going to be talking about John Calperi reportedly talking to the Knicks. Then I'm going to hit on our big Twitter poll that we had about which NHL expansion team you would like to see most, Chris Paul to the Rockets, the Rocky Struggling, and Lucas's segment, which he is not here for, Bleeding Blue. Welcome into the Fumbling Punter Podcast. Happy Friday, everyone. It is Friday, June 30th, getting ready for the pre-4th of July weekend. This is the Fumbling Punter Podcast. I'm your host, Devin Keeney. So it's been about a week since I have put out a podcast. Sorry, guys, life got a little busy, but we are back with a lot to talk about. So reports came out yesterday that John Calipari had talked to the Knicks about the presidency which is now vacant because Phil Jackson is no longer there and he would also be interested in coaching. Coach Cal adamantly denied this on Twitter as you will see a lot, you know. I, nobody has ever said yes, I am talking about leaving. Every coach that has ever been linked to another job has always denied it with the utmost <laughs> uh stringent in their voice uh so there are always links of coach cow to the nba but why would he go to the knicks he has a great gig in kentucky he has a top two recruiting class every year they're the perennial sec champions and they're always a final four contender the people of kentucky love him and he makes eight million dollars a year and does what he loves he recruits and he sends kids to the nba Now, why would he leave all of that to go to the rolling dumpster fire New York Knicks? Coach Cal is 58, and turning the Knicks around, I think, would take a few years minimum. And it just doesn't make sense. At this stage in his career, uh, this seems like maybe a job for a younger, uh, I'm not going to say Cal is an ambitious, but a younger, ambitious, uh, up-and-coming president, coach, coach. it just doesn't make a lot of sense to me. He may just be uh, leveraging this for a raise or more power in Lexington. But I just can't see him leaving Big Blue Nation to go to the New York Knicks. Like I said, it's not a very appealing job to me. Because you've seen everything that's gone on with the Knicks. Uh, Carmelo's still there. <laughs> and who knows what Christoph Porzingis is thinking after to trade him. So the Knicks are a really dumpster fire. Cal Perry probably has the best gig in college basketball outside of maybe Coach K, but, you know, Coach K is in 30, 35 years to build up to where he is now. Coach Cal has been in Kentucky less than 10 and is already, he could probably run for governor of the state of Kentucky and win in a landslide right now. So I don't know why he would give all of that up to go chase the New York Knicks. It is a, a long struggle I mean, James Dolan is the worst owner in probably pro sports. So I just I don't see the appeal. I think it's all just smoking mirrors. I don't know if it's from Coach Cal Perry's uh, team, if they're letting this out, or if it's from the New York Knicks, maybe trying to fake interest, which isn't a bad plan if you're the Knicks. You know, maybe leak it out that you're talking to Coach Cal, who, even though you're not talking to, then, you know, there's some interest. Then maybe they're thinking, uh, you know, Coach Cal might. Get that little nugget in his head of, hey, I could go be the president and the coach of the Knicks. So I don't I don't think that I would say this will be the last time we're talking about Coach Cal to the Knicks on this podcast. So transitioning to hockey here, I did a Twitter poll yesterday in which of the defunct NFL teams would you like to see brought back? And the four choices here were the Hartford Whalers, Atlanta Thrashers, Kansas City Scouts, and the Cleveland Barons. I left the Quebec Nordics off because I think that, you know, they're getting their ducks in a row up in Quebec or in Quebec City to get their team back, to get the Nordics back. So I went with kind of like the next tier of teams that you would most want to see back. And in our most successful Twitter poll ever with 200 votes, the Hartford Whalers won with 54% of the vote. The Thrashers came in second at 32%, the Scouts at 10%, and the lowly Cleveland Barons at 4%. Maybe people in Cleveland are still have a little bit of a finals hangover, and so they couldn't get on Twitter to vote. I don't know. Maybe, maybe Golden State broke Cleveland's hockey spirit, too. <laughs> but the Hartford fans were great at finding the poll and sharing it. Uh big thanks to Barrett Salee, a big college football writer down in Atlanta, getting Atlanta involved. Uh, Barrett mentioned the thrashers got hosed by incompetent ownership. And so I did a little history and I'm going to do a little bit of a backstory on three of these teams. I'm kind of left the Barons out because there didn't seem to be a lot of fan interaction on the Cleveland Barons. So, the history that I did on the Atlanta th- or Thrashers, their first two draft picks were horrendous. Uh, not a great way to start your franchise. And both of their, or I'm sorry, all 11 of their f- draft picks in the first year were out of the league by the time the team moved to Winnipeg. So they didn't draft any long term NHL players, not just not on their team. They just did not have a good eye for talent in that first year. They did strike gold with Danny Heatley and Ilya Kovalchuk in the NHL draft. Uh, Heatley, although, you know, reading through the history of the team, and Heatley and teammate Dan Snyder were involved in an accident that uh, Snyder passed away as a result of and seriously injured Heatley, who was later traded. So that's just, you know, very unfortunate thing that happened to the Thrashers organization, but just kind of... You know, kind of their—I guess—kind of their bad luck that the organization had. Uh, Heatley was later traded. Said he wanted to leave the memories behind. Uh, The ownership group Atlanta Spirit LLC was a disaster, and then the team moved to Winnipeg. Uh, Nashville has shown us that with competent management, that hockey can work in the south. I think it's a growing sport. I think it's a very interesting sport. I think that people like the competitiveness of the NHL, and I think it's a very skilled, fast-paced sport. Uh, some of the biggest complaints I've heard is hockey isn't very high scoring, but there's a lot more action than almost every sport. Uh, plus, people love a good fight. Uh, Atlanta's best chance to get a team back is the for the Florida Panthers to relocate. So, some positives on the Atlanta Thrashers. Atlanta is the U.S.'s ninth biggest market, uh, the the success of the Nashville Predators as a southern market and the Phillips Arena, which is currently home to the Atlanta Hawks. So the, the Predators have shown that a hockey team can have great success in the South, and then it always helps when you have a state-of-the-art arena ready to go for a NHL team. So the negatives are they've already lost two hockey teams, and someone asked in the Twitter poll if any city has ever had three teams come and go Um, outside of Los Angeles in the NFL. I cannot think of anyone because they had the Raiders chargers Rams already that who have all left granted the Rams and the chargers both came back, but that was three teams that had left. Uh, So that may be working against Atlanta in this one. And then I gave them a percentage. I said 60 ish percent for Atlanta to get a NHL team back. So the next one, our poll winners, the Hartford Whalers. Uh, greed and greener pastures usually mark the departure of a franchise from a home market, and that's the story of the Whalers. Uh, pro sports' smallest market lost its team in 1997. I think a uh, a reignition of the Whalers could take place. Uh, it's a small ma- market, but it's very passionate, and I think that showing that you know. One pro sports team in a market, even if it is a little bit smaller, and they have very passionate, good fans, could be a great thing. Uh, I think the best chance, and rumors are already abound, would be the New York Islanders to leave the Barclays Center, which they have publicly been very unhappy with, for the friendly confines of Connecticut. Uh, Positives for Hartford, Uh, they are a hockey market and they have great fans. Negative, they are a smaller market and that doesn't seem to be what's drawing teams to relocate right now As smaller markets. Everybody, you've seen this in the NFL. Everybody's going to bigger markets, greener pasture. Uh, so I put their percentage at 67%. Then the old Kansas City Scouts. Uh, the short-lived Scouts never really got off their feet, uh, in, or never got their feet wet in Kansas City, rather, before leaving for Denver. The Penguins almost left Pittsburgh for Kansas city over arena disputes with the city in the late two thousands. And they do have the beautiful, but tenantless sprint center in downtown Kansas city. Uh, that always makes Kansas city an attractive market for any team looking to relocate. Uh, and on a good note for Kansas city, they had a very, very good crowd at the sprint center for a preseason game between the St. Louis blues and the Washington capitals. Uh, Kansas City is a mid-sized market, which means they would need a competent ownership group to win. Uh, I put the Hunt family. Uh, Chiefs owner Clark Hunt has uh, invested in Kansas City hockey but is believed to favor relocation over the expensive expansion route. Uh, And we had Blues fans interact on Twitter talking about uh, how great it would be to have an in-state rival, you know, Blues scouts. I think it would be a lot of fun. I think the best option for Kansas City hockey would be relocation from the Coyotes, the Flames, Hurricanes, Panthers, uh, looking for a nice ready-to-go stadium. And Kansas City does have that. I put Kansas City's hockey percentage chances at 90%. And, again, sorry, Barons fans. uh, Didn't really get a lot of heat going on that. So, the Blue Jackets may be Ohio's hockey team for a while. So, enough about June hockey. Uh, NBA news Chris Paul was traded to the Rockets and I don't love it uh James I think James Harden needs to have the ball in his hands to make uh Mike D'Antoni's offense roll and getting another point guard to take the ball out of Harden's hands probably isn't going to make that work uh they they should win a lot I think this would be a good team But it's not enough to close the gap with Golden State, and I do think there is a pretty, as we saw this postseason, there is a pretty significant gap between Golden State and the rest of the league. And I don't think the Rockets getting Chris Paul changes that. Uh, You know, if they had went out and made a move for Gordon Hayward or Paul George, I think you could have seen that. And lost in all of this is the Rockets gave up a few good pieces to get Chris Paul. They gave up Patrick Beverly, uh, I believe Lou Williams, and then Sam Decker, old Wisconsin great Sam Decker. And so you gave up three role players, got Chris Paul, but I, like I said, I just don't know if it's enough to close the gap with Golden State or, you know, if you're just going to win 60 games and gets, get bounced in the second round or the conference finals every year, but it it has made for some interesting storylines. Uh, Lakers have, or I'm sorry, not the Lakers. Ooh. that should tell you about basketball in Los Angeles right now. Talking about the Clippers, and I just automatically said the Lakers. So the Clippers, not the Lakers, have a big decision to make with Blake Griffin, whether to get him back or not. I think that I think that Oklahoma City finds a way to get Blake Griffin home. Uh, of course, Blake Griffin is a Oklahoma native, played at OU. I think that him and Russ Westbrook could be a pretty nasty duo. Again, not enough to take down Golden State yet, but it would be a fun team that wins a lot more games than they did this past season. So Clippers, Clippers have some big decisions to make in their future, and not a good time to be Steve Ballmer with Lonzo Ball, the you know kind of the resurgent, fan base of the Lakers with hope going forward unlike uh, the past couple of years. Uh, Definitely got to talk to Anthony about the Lakers. So on to the sport that is actually in season right now baseball. Our Rockies are struggling. A little purple rain talk for you guys out there. A bit of a tough stretch for the boys in purple but I think that any young team that isn't experienced in winning will go through some tough stretches. The Cubs went through a tough stretch last year The Astros have already gone through a tough stretch this year. But they still have a six-game lead in the wild card and are still off to the best start in team history. Uh, Recent struggles may uh, heat up the trade market a bit. I think as we're getting closer to the All-Star break, closer to the deadline, that we're starting to figure out a lot more about uh, who teams are and what they're going to do going forward. So I think that we're going to have a really interesting trade deadline in Major League Baseball this season. I think that the Rockies will definitely be involved in that. I think you can see the Cardinals, Cubs, Brewers. Uh, I think just about every team in the American League is going to do something. Uh, They're all so closely bunched together. Uh, National League, as Lucas and I have talked on here before, is a little bit more top-heavy, so you may see some teams on the lower half sell, and you may see some teams on the upper half buy. The Washington Nationals lost Trey Turner this week, and I saw that... Trey Turner had 35 stolen bases on the season, which is quite impressive, but you just never want to lose a talent like that. They've already lost Adam Eaton. Uh, I would I would have to think their bullpen is so, so bad. Uh, I would have to think that the Nationals are going to make some moves to go try to win a World Series. Uh, Bryce Harper's deal is up after next year. There's absolutely no guarantee that he's going to stick around in Washington. So if not now, when? Like Lucas has said from Theo and the Cubs last year, if I'm the Nationals, I'm going to try to make some moves and make a run because if you can't do it this year and next year, there's no guarantee uh, that you're going to be in that situation for a while to come. It happens with teams all the times that are right there on the verge and then before you know it, their opportunity has come and gone. So I would look for the uh, Rockies and the Washington Nationals to definitely be buyers come the trade deadline. And something not to be forgotten about is the Rockies still have a pretty decent farm system, so they have some pieces to move to go make a run down the stretch. Uh, My panic meter on the Rockies, by the way, is at zero. I do not have any panic. They're off to a good start. They just hit a little bit of a rough patch. So before we go, I, bleeding blue Lucas's Cubs segment, and I, I can't I can't replace Lucas on this. Uh, I can't wait to get Lucas on here to talk about uh, what's going on in Chicago right now, because the whole Mon- Miguel Montero situation is a mess that I don't even fully understand. I know that he said some stuff and then was DFA'd. And there seems to be a little bit of attention in the club, in the Cubs uh, clubhouse right now. Uh, can't wait to hear what Lucas has to say about that. Maybe he'll give us some of his initial thoughts on Twitter later. But that's all I got for you guys this week. Uh, thanks to everyone who participated in the polls. Thank you all for your continued support, listening, reading everything that we're putting up. Uh, I know that it's been kind of spotty the last couple of weeks on podcasts. We'll get back to you guys with a new podcast ready to rock and roll on Monday. All right, everybody have a good weekend. Be safe. Uh, That's all we've got for you today. Have a good weekend. For The Fumbling Punter, I'm Devin Keeney.